What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 225 of your favorite podcast, The Gordite Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, and today I'm going to talk to you about three reasons why you are not getting bigger. As always, Gordite Podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. As always, leave us a five-star rating review. Check us out on YouTube. I would love to see you over there. I'll see you inside. Three reasons you aren't getting bigger. Getting big is not easy. And listen, how many times you guys hear like, I don't want to get too bulky. Don't worry. You were never going to achieve that in the first place. I've been trying to get too bulky for 10 years and I'm still not there. It's probably going to take me another 20 years. If you think it's going to happen fast by taking more steroids, you need to understand that androgen receptors are not infinite and they have a cap on how much they're able to handle. And I believe there's a large correlation between total, between what your androgen receptors are going to be able to handle in your total total amount of muscle that you have. People who have more tissue can handle more androgens. People with less can only handle a finite amount. So the first thing you have to do is nail the things that actually grow muscle, and that is not androgens. That's your training overloading. That's your diet supporting hypertrophy response. That's your stress mitigation supporting hypertrophy response. And it's everything that you do in your life being centered around, hey, man, I want to grow some fucking muscle. So you have to understand growing muscle takes a ton of dedication and perseverance. Go back on your last 30 days. Out of 30, how many have you been perfect with your variables in? You've not missed a single thing. If it's less than 27, then you're not even giving an A minus effort, let alone a muscle building effort. If it's 28 or 29, you're doing pretty good. I really respect that. If it's 30, then you're very well on your way and you are far ahead of people who are only doing 29. Rest and recovery are two of the most important variables at play here. So we don't want to overtax things. We want to stimulate and then allow it to recover and grow and adapt to the simulation that we put upon it. But let's look beyond that. Number one, you're not eating enough. All right. I love fasting. I love fasting. I think it's one of the best things we can do. The autophagy benefits from it, the mental cognition benefits from it, the insulin benefits we get from it, the digestive benefits we get from it. Fasting is one of the healthiest freaking things we can do. If we are extremely concerned about what's the healthiest thing we can do and muscle building at the exact same time, then we're sort of looking at two different things because building and obnoxious amount of muscles not going to be the healthiest thing ever. I love fasting. I am also aware that fasting is likely going to hold you back from putting on as much size as you possibly can because the reality is you have to eat a lot and you want to have nutrients consistently coming in throughout as much of the day as possible with respect to our digestive capabilities. If you're someone who has to get 350 grams of protein, 750 grams of carbs, and 150 grams of fat every day, intermittent fasting is not going to be the best for you where you fit all that into an eight-hour period. It's going to be much more beneficial if we get to wake up right away, eat a meal, start our digestive process for the day and our muscle building support process of the day through our diet. And that's going to put us on the fastest track to putting the most muscle on. We eat right when we wake up. We eat before we go to bed so we have nutrients throughout the night. We just do not want to eat too much to where we're bloated, nasty, full, or too fat. 
So your goal is to gain size. For that, you got to eat big. You do not have to eat 10 meals a day. You do not have to eat 600 grams of protein a day, but you have to have a steady supply of nutrients somewhere between three and five meals a day. I really don't like doing six. I think it's overkill, and I think we're taxing our digestive system and our pancreas with the insulin response way too much. Now, I will go up to six in people who are utilizing exogenous insulin within their protocols. I'll usually do a basal insulin like a Lantus and then a short-acting insulin around some of the meals there as well to help us, but we don't want our pancreas to be too taxed. There's a large inflammatory and cytokine response that can come from that. We want to constantly respect our digestive capabilities and our insulin sensitive cap- sensitizing capabilities. So try to get in three to five meals. Try to keep food volume as low as possible. Try to maintain a good balance of nutrients. We have too much of one nutrient and completely avoid another food group. That's not the best route to go. So don't just like ignore dietary fat. I see this so much. People who are enhanced just have no fat in their diet. Tons of carbs, tons of protein. Why? Fat has so many benefits. I should do a podcast on that. I'll take a note of that. Fat has so many benefits for us, but also it's the most amount of calories per gram. Every one gram is nine calories. That's over two times what protein and carbohydrates bring to the table. We can also really help our insulin and our digestion capabilities with optimal fat intake. Number two, this one I see all the freaking time. Holy crap. Your programming is just too advanced and too complicated. I talked about in the last podcast how I like my people going into the gym, point A, point B, or sorry, two podcasts ago, the Effective Reps podcast. Point A, point B is hard as you can, as fast as you can, get in, attack, get out, recover. Let's say there's a guy who's been trained for three months. He benches 100 pounds for three sets on five reps on a particular day. After the session, he feels like he has a weak point in his bench press that he's got to eliminate. So he starts wondering if the lower position or the last quarter of the press at the top is his limiting factor. And he starts trying things like board presses, compensatory acceleration to improve his weak point. Now, what do you think went wrong? Here's the real fucking problem. The dude's too weak. You're benching 100 pounds. You are the weak point. Once you get stuck at like 250 pounds, we can talk about weak point training, but until then you're just weak. So we have to just do what it takes to overload, get stronger. And you want to practice skill acquisition within the move rather than just going into working out. And don't even get me started on the similar concepts to enhance your lifts, like putting on bench shirts and banding shit up. Dude, we got to get really fucking strong first. If you want to grow, you're not going to be able to be weak and grow. You need to get strong. The stronger you get, the more foundation you have to overload your training within the work that we do, because you can move more load, apply more mechanical tension to the muscles and have greater control over submaximal and close to maximal lifts. The stronger you get, the stronger you are, the more likely you are to build more muscle because you can simply apply more load and mechanical tension. That is stimulus application that your body has to respond to. Number three, there's too much variety and too little progression. Search the internet and you're going to find a million people selling you mass gaining programs that have never been big in their life. Some of them are good. Some of them are trash. 
unfortunately, the the availability of so many programs tempts people to just keep changing shit. Well, I did this for six weeks and it didn't work. I did this for four weeks and it didn't work. Well, you didn't even give it any fucking time. If you give something less than a year's amount of time, then you didn't give it enough time to see if it actually worked for you anyways. And that's the cold hard truth a lot of people don't want to hear. But if you hire someone and you work with them for less than a year, all you did was you wasted their time. Every good coach has methods and principles that their athletes need to learn to become part of. It's like you get drafted into the NFL. Well, your first year is going to be this massive learning curve of this is how the organization operates. This is how the head coach operates. This is how the quarterback operates. This is how your teammates operate. This is how your unit operates. It's the exact same thing in bodybuilding. But people just, they, I need longer responses or uh, I need X, Y, and Z, or I need this, or I need to change things up, or I need... What the fuck do you mean? It's working already, and you're not even out a year. Imagine how much better it's going to get in a year. The time you spend in the trenches pays off mightily, as long as you're giving your best effort every single day. So stop switching shit up. You don't need a new coach. You don't need a new training template. You don't need any of that shit. You need to work fucking harder. Now, if you're giving your absolute best every single day and like things just aren't changing with your physique, that's a little bit different. But I highly doubt you're giving your absolute best every single day and things are not changing in your physique. Many trainees are also going in, they'll keep the same program, but they'll do different sets, reps, tempos, and the same exercise and just not actually get anything done within an overloading principle because every week it's a different methodology they're applying to the same exercise there's too much variety too little focus on progression like if you do a shoulder press one day with dumbbells and then the next time it's with kettlebells well yeah like they're both 35 pounds but it's a different level of effort right one's a kettlebell one's a dumbbell there's a different set point for the loading within your hand so evaluate your journal and see if you've actually made any progress or if you've just been doing the same thing for the past six months without having the sole focus being on progressive overload, which we know is the most foolproof way to change your physique. So there's three reasons that it didn't reveal any top secret formula. It didn't bring in the most scientifically advanced you know, lab work that you might have been looking for. But if you nailed these three factors and you are still not making progress, that's when you need to look at what's going on. But the reality is if you're taxing the muscle fibers every day and you're supplying your body with what it needs to recover, work on eliminating the mistakes and you're going to grow. A bonus point, study the top people in the sport. How's Hunter Labrada training? Look at his training. It's the most precise training I've ever seen in my life. Assess the effort that Chris Bumstead or Ian Valliere is giving to push his sets on their YouTube and, and they're using someone to help them push beyond failure and achieve more stimulus. Look at the control that people who are winning shows train every set with. The success leaves clues in this industry and these guys are all gaining at the rate they are even with their extremely advanced physiques already because of the effort that they're putting in their training sessions every day. Episode 225, I'll see you next time.